How is being a producer going to give you the independence and success you desire? Stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Welcome back to your weekly dose of turning products into success learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Big interview episode today. Today, Tom Gaddis shares the importance of being a producer first and even shares his milk method of business success. And then I want to share with you on for our next episode's guest, she believes that every entrepreneur has a message that can change lives. As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of personal business and marketing, G-O-L-D, spilling from every corner of the Dark Horse HQ. So let's get to the starting gates and go. All right, welcome my Dark Horse friends and family. Today's guest is Tom Gaddis. Now, here's the cool thing. Tom always wanted to be self-employed. You know, he kind of wanted to be free of all that butt smooching that happens in corporate America. Well, he wanted that success so bad that he struck out on his own to follow his entrepreneurial dream. Now, starting from zero, Tom embarked on building a local marketing consulting business and promptly fell on his face. But he persevered, as we've talked about that a number of times, and he learned from his mistakes. After finally achieving success with his local marketing, Tom is now leveraging his experience and knowledge to teach others online through his website and now through his podcast called What's the secret? Today, I'm hoping Tom will share with us exactly how he did that. Tom, welcome to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur. Hey, aloha, Tracy, man. Thanks for having me. I'm aloha. in Maui, so I always like to start everything with a big aloha. Absolutely. Aloha. Good. I was actually going to call that out that, that Tom's joining us from Maui. Oh, shucks. He's going through COVID social distancing in Maui. Uh, yeah. don't, don't get too jealous. I do. Work I know, right? I will get too jelly. I, you know, I can't complain too much. I mean, being up here in uh, Wisconsin, we get, uh, you know, there's some beautiful country up here. Probably not. It's a different kind of beauty that I'm sure that you get to experience on a daily basis, but you have to appreciate where you live. That's for sure. Yeah, so, I, to- I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, so I, I literally, I want to step back from the mic here and uh, give you an opportunity to kind of share with the listeners your story, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the road you traveled to obviously you mentioned falling on your face, right? We've all done that a few times. Uh, and then, you know, why do you love doing what you do so much? What a great question. So I was really intrigued, you know, with the name of your podcast, The Dark Horse Entrepreneur, right? Because I right. felt like like a dark horse my whole career, you know? And um, it's interesting when you were reading that little intro thing there, you said, oh, and he struck out on his own. And I, it occurred to me that it's like, really, I was nudged out on my own <laughs> because I, uh, I had a job here in Maui as a restaurant manager. That's what True. my background is in, corporate restaurant management. I got fired. And, oh, uh, but we'll go. get to that. I'm jumping, a, I'm jumping a little ahead in the story. So we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So yeah, so I'm I'm originally not from Maui, right? So I grew up in uh, Oklahoma in a real small town outside of Tulsa called Sand Springs. And uh, there's really nothing in my childhood background that would indicate that I would be an entrepreneur or have any success with it. You know, I was just reading uh, somebody's book about their entrepreneur journey the other day, and they were talking about how when they were a kid, you know, how they like totally set up a funnel for their lemonade stand and how they did all this stuff. And I thought, I never did any of that stuff, right? Like, I mean, like I had no... My mind just didn't work that way. And, uh, you know, I wasn't particularly a great student. I mean, I never went to college. I, I didn't have a, you know, I wasn't like a standout student or anything like that. So this journey into entrepreneurship for me has really been a journey of becoming mm-hmm. the type of person that can be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and then developing the habits. That, and I, I, I used to hate this word, the discipline <laughs> to actually uh, do the things that lead you towards success when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? Right. And um, I guess the only thing I had to my advantage when I was, when I was, you know, in high school and younger was that was a very avid reader. And I hung around some people that were, you know, kind of into self-help kind of things. So I got introduced 
at a very early time to things like Think and Grow Rich, nice. How to Win Friends and Influence People, other other programs like that that gave me kind of this view of, hey, like, look, if you, you know, if you really want to be successful, and for me, like, success is being able to have some type of autonomy, some type of independence, whether that be mm-hmm financial or schedule or whatever, you know, then one of the things you need to do is be a producer. And, you know, the ideas that in Think and Grow Rich just behind money itself, the barriers that we put on ourselves for money and all that stuff. The problem I had was I had no idea how to make any of that stuff a reality. Oh, nice. And uh, (laughs) like I, I, uh, I started out this is going to be crazy as a prof- as a magician. I got interested in magic at a young age. And so that's what I wanted to be when I grew up was a professional magician. And um, I'll tell you, there's not a lot of money in that. <laughs> right. Um, but I did get some pretty valuable experience and, you know, I got comfortable speaking in front of people. I got comfortable performing. It also was kind of like the first um, glimpse for me of how, time is really not tied to money. Because although I spent a lot of time, you know, learning the craft and practicing and things like that, you know, I would go out and do a show and I would do a show for 20, 30 minutes, you know, and I'd make a few hundred dollars where my friends were, you know, chugging away at minimum wage and some job that they were working eight hours a day. Right. And I was like, this is the life for me, right? <laughs> like, I like this, go work 20, 30 minutes, make a few hundred dollars, like, right. And, uh, Looking back on that, like I now see it's mainly because I was lazy, right? Like I thought, oh, there must be a way to generate this money without putting out any effort, you know? <laughs> and uh, so I'm going through life, you know, I, I I do become a professional magician. I worked at a hotel in Florida for a few years as their, one of their resident magicians. And, uh, and then I just got, I don't know, I just got tired of that. And I was like, I didn't really want to do it anymore. So I looked around and I got back into the restaurant business. I'd been in the restaurant business when I was younger, became a restaurant manager, started doing uh, corporate restaurant work. And that was kind of where my life stayed for a long time. And, you know, I was still reading a lot of books on success. I still wanted to be an entrepreneur, but, you know, in the process of my life, I'd gotten married, I had a couple kids and (laughs) uh, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to make it work. You know, I'm working 55, 60 hours a week as a restaurant manager. I don't like it. That's a lot of time. And I'm trying to get some businesses going on the side, but just nothing is, nothing is really working. And I came across this thing, gosh, this has been a long time ago, but it was called the 30 day challenge. And these guys, they, they put out these videos one a day for 30 days. And the goal was that you just make $1 online, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I went through their process and I actually did that. I, I created this little website. It was on uh, like how to take surveys online. I added what are called affiliate offers, Great. right? Where you put links and when people click them, you get paid. You know, it wasn't much. I was getting like a dollar or $2 a click, something like that. But I, this little site started generating about a hundred bucks a month on autopilot. And uh, I thought, this is it. I found it, right? Here comes the millions oh. of dollars in the online lifestyle. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, none of that happened. You you were you were <laughs> shopping for the Porsche already, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, we're you know this is, it's a whole different life now, and I could never get past that that hump, and you know it was really frustrating because I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong or wh- how, why it wasn't working out, and. Um, Along that path, somebody actually told me, they were like, hey, look, you know, you've learned these skills doing this, right? Like I'd learned how to build websites Mm because I built a website. I had learned about search engine optimization, social media. Like I'd learned all these little skills in this process of this challenge and doing this. And uh, somebody said, hey, you know, there are a lot of local businesses that don't know anything about that stuff. Like, you know, way more than they do. Like you could offer to help them with those things and get and get paid some money. And, uh, you know, after the frustration I was going through with trying to build revenue online, I thought, well, this sounds like a real business, you know, like this is something tangible. And so I started to kind of do it on the side, but again, really didn't have much success. And uh, 2010 rolls around, my wife, she had actually lived on Maui before when she was younger, even though she's from Oklahoma. And she was like, hey, you know, we should go visit there. And uh, I said, well, you know, we have like a year before our oldest kid has to start school. Why don't we just move there? And if we don't like it, we can just come back, you know? And uh, she said, okay, that sounds like a good idea. So my plan was I'm going to leave the restaurant business and I'm going to start 
an entrepreneur, you know, I'm going to start my entrepreneurship journey and build a agency when I get to Maui. And uh, a couple months before we were leaving, my wife was like, you know, Tom, um, we have two kids and we've never you know, you've never been to Hawaii before. You, you might want to have a job when we get there just to, you know, get some stability. And uh, she said, hey, I have this restaurant that's on Maui's looking for a manager. So I applied. And because I really didn't want the job, I told them like when they said, how much do you need to make? I gave them this big number. It was way more than I was making in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came back and said, okay, we're in. And I was like, oh, now I have to do this. So, I have to. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, we moved to Maui in 2010 and I start working at this restaurant and it's a busy restaurant. It does about nine and a half million dollars a year. And, um, you know, I'm working there, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm miserable. I'm not happy. I don't like it. Um, and about eight months later, they fire me. And so now I'm here on Maui with my kids and I'm like, what am I going to do? So I applied for unemployment and I thought, well, I think this is my chance, right? To do this entrepreneur thing. I can give this a real go. go. I don't have a job to tie me down to try to make this work. So I started reaching out to local businesses here, trying to get clients. And uh, it was really interesting. So one of the things I did in the beginning was I sent out a bunch of direct mail letters and I got, I think eight people called me I got five appointments, did not close a single deal. Like not a zero, nothing. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, how am I going to make this work? You know, and um, time's going on. I'm trying different things. None of it is catching on Maybe Mm -hmm. You know, nothing's really working. And uh, about 2000, the end of 2011, beginning of 2012, uh, I came across this idea online where this guy had, he created these jumbo postcards. They were like nine inches by 12 inches. And the idea was you just sold ad spaces on each side of the card and for like 500 bucks. And uh, at the time he had a, he had a course on how to do that. And so I'm, my unemployment is getting ready to come to an end. I've been notified and I'm like, this is do or die. Right. Like at the end of this, I'm either going to, I'm going to have to get a job or something (laughs) if I don't have anything that works. So that's why I'm looking around for something that'll work. And I come across this course and it's like the most expensive thing you could buy on, I was on this site called warrior plus where people, they, they put a lot of products about how to grow an agency and make money online. And, uh, at the time, people were selling things for like $12, $10, $9. This thing was $50. <laughs> oh, you mean to me, like somebody on unemployment, bro, it's like, that's a fortune, you know? And um, But I thought, you know, hey, look, if I, uh, if I don't really give this a try, I'm going to hate myself. So I buy this course and uh, I just follow what the guy said. And I think, you know, this, this is the real first big shift for me as an entrepreneur, because because my back was against the wall, I could no longer ride the excuses and procrastinate. And I also became very willing to do things that I wasn't willing to do before. Like before, I really wanted to find a way to bring clients in without ever having to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. I mean, it sounds kind of crazy when I say it. Like, (laughs) yeah, I want to make money, but I really don't want to talk to anybody. Trust me, there's a number of people out there thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, it doesn't work. (laughs) You know, I've learned that over the years that I wasn't alone. That's how a lot of people think, right? But I was at this point where that just didn't work for me anymore. And so I go down to Office Max and I have them make up this um, mock-up of this giant card, but it's laminated. Mm -hmm. And I put example ads in there. And uh, I just started going out every morning. I, I left my house about 8, 8.30, I think maybe sometimes 9 in the morning. And I just started walking into businesses with these big laminated cards. They cost me about probably 30 bucks to have them made up. And uh, the first business I walk into, they sign up for a spot. They give me a check for $250, right? That's got to be motivating. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, this is great. You know, I go to another business. They say, no, I go to a third business. They say, yes. Like all of a sudden I've, I've generated 500 bucks in a day. So I'm like, now I'm fired up. Over the course of the next seven days, I signed up 16 businesses Holy crap. And uh, it generated like seven grand in total revenue, which is a marketing number. But my profit out of that was about four grand, right? And uh, so now I'm like, I'm on to something, right? There are a couple of other things that happened in those seven days, though. Uh, one thing, another shift for me was like one day I was out and I hadn't made any, I had made at least one sale every day. And now mm-hmm. this is like the fourth or fifth day and I haven't made a sale and it's like five o'clock. And I'm like, should I just go home? I'm like, no, I'm staying out here until I make a sale. And so it's about seven at night. I'm driving around. I can't go into restaurants because they're in dinner rush. I'm like, what am I going to do? I look over, there's this tattoo parlor, 24 hour tattoo parlor. There you go. So I go in there, I sell a spot. 
And I'm like, then I go home. <laughs> I'm like, okay, my streak's still alive, right? And uh, so anyway, at the end of that, I've sold 16 businesses. I had no business contacts before that, right? And I've got 16 businesses that have all given me a deposit to be on this card. And the nice thing about this sort of business model was that, you know, I didn't have to print or mail anything or do anything until I collected the money, right? Yeah. So as I was going through and starting to collect money for these ads, then I hired a designer. Then I got some business cards, like because I didn't have money to do any of that. Sure. Right. Yeah. So I, uh, so I do this card, and I'm like, this is it. I found my thing. Right. I'm not getting a job. I'm gonna do this. So I start doing these cards, and uh, the problem is. I'm not really an entrepreneur because I'm not doing the things you need to do when you run a business. I'm not managing the money well. Mm-hmm. I'm not being super aggressive and transitioning them into other services. I'm mm-hmm. just doing this card. And what happened for me was that like, yeah, $4,000 in profit from one card is a good start, but it's not enough money to live on in Hawaii. Yeah. yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm my expenses are far outweighing the money that I'm bringing in. And it mm-hmm. put me in this really horrible situation where like I would go out and sell spots on a card and then I would use that money. And then to when the card would come from the printer, in order for me to have the money to mail the card, I would have to go start another card. card. And now I'm in this vicious cycle, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, man, the stress was like unbelievable. And one day I just woke up and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want to not be an entrepreneur, but I can't, I can't be stuck in this cycle anymore. And sure. so what I did was I just, I had this card, I had 10,000 of them sitting in my house and no money to mail them. And I just, I called all these businesses up and I just told them the truth. I was like, hey, this is what I did. This is what happened. I want to refund your money. I can't just give it back to you because I don't have it. But if you're willing to let me make some payment arrangements or something, sure, I'll give you your money back. And so uh, all the businesses were actually really nice about it and like, let me do that, set up payments. And so I started paying them back. In the meantime, I started focusing on bringing in clients that didn't require printing. So I started going after website deals, Mm -hmm. social media, things like that. And uh, I actually started getting clients. And so once I had some clients and some cash flow going there, then I started doing the cards again to bring new business in. But I... um, I was managing the money the right way, right? I had sure. other income coming in. It wasn't yeah. the only thing. I was using it to scale and grow. And I was starting to develop, you know, more of the entrepreneur mindset of like, look, this is something I got to show up and work on every day. You know, I started really making it a point to, you know, if I told somebody I was going to do something, I did it. If I had an appointment, I showed up early. Like all those things, you know, yeah. all the quote success habits you hear about were all things that I wasn't doing before getting up early, like (laughs) doing all, you know, working on the business every day. Like I'd work on it for two or three days and then just sort of goof off for a few days. Cruise control. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Right. So I changed those behaviors and I started having some real success with my, with my business. And that agency got up, I was doing about six figures a year with that agency. And then it hit me one day, I was like, you know, I could probably put a course together and show people how I did this, you know? And so that's what I did. And luckily, because I had, you know, learned those skills before, I knew what to do, right? So I put together a little course and uh, it was just on that mailer card. I just showed people how I did it. I gave them the templates. I just explained how I talked to businesses. I gave them kind of my little sales script, just laid out the model. Um, I think it was only maybe like four or five videos. And uh, I put that product up on Warrior Plus and uh, I went live on like a Tuesday, I think. And by the end of the week, I'd sold like 2000 copies of that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so, so what was the price point? It was $12. Okay. $12. Yep. $12. And I had an upgrade for $24.95. Nice. But what was interesting about it was I made this video just sitting in a park across from my house and uh, none of it was professional or slick. I mean, I used my iPhone to record Mm -hmm. it. Um, But what it really opened my eyes to was people resonated more with me because I seemed like a normal guy that had just found this way to make a few extra thousand dollars. Like it wasn't like I was telling them they were going to be rich. It wasn't like you were, you know, you know, it was just, it wasn't a huge amount of money they were going to make, but it was a thing that worked and I could show that I'd actually done it 
and it worked and it would work for other people. And so that really was like another kind of aha moment for me of where I realized like, okay, I don't have to be an expert. I just need to know a little more than the people that are buying the product. There right? it is. Yeah. And I need to have something that they're trying to do that they haven't done. So, you know, in my example, I had made, you know, four grand in profit. But even if like thinking back on that original site, I could have put a course together showing people how to make a hundred bucks a month Mm -hmm. by building an affiliate site. And people would have loved that because who... People can, you you could use an extra hundred bucks. Extra hundred bucks, absolutely. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, you're going to show me a way to just kind of like put in a little bit of work and automate a hundred bucks a month? Like, I'm in. I'm in. I'll do it 20 times. (laughs) Right, yeah. But I didn't like, I didn't make that connection back then. And so now I had, I saw that clearly like, okay, I don't have to be an expert. If I'm authentic and relatable, that's the key, right? Mm -hmm. And to really just make a product about something I'm doing. And so uh, it was a lot of work putting out that product. And so there was another guy here on the island. He had an agency as well. And uh, I reached out to him and I was like, hey, I want to start putting out products. How about we team up Mm -hmm. and uh, we do them together? And so we started a a company in 2016 called Offline Sharks. And uh, over, you know, since 2016, um, you know, in 2016, we started launching more products all products around what we were doing in our agencies, right? Mm-hmm. Things we were actually having success with. We started building a Facebook community. And, um, you know, the first year, I think we did about a quarter of a million dollars in sales. But then the second year, we did half a million. And then the third year, we cracked a million. Nice. And, you know, now I think we're going to double that number again this year. We're, I think we're on pace to do 2 million this year. And, um, you know, just the rapid speed with what things happened was just, I couldn't believe it, you know, like, but the things I was doing differently from before was one, I was showing up on my business every day. Right. Every day I was showing up working either with clients or something in offline sharks. We were constantly you know, looking for things that we're, we were doing in our business that we could turn into products. We focused on building an audience, bringing people into a Facebook group, building a community. And um, yeah, so now, you know, Offline Sharks is this real thriving community of freelancers and website designers and SEO people. And uh, it's really great. And uh, but now, like, I want to do the same thing I did with my mailer. Like, so I did this mailer, had some success, then brought that online with courses. Now I'm looking at what we do in Offline Sharks. And I think I have a lot of knowledge about how to build and grow an online business. Yeah. So now let's go teach some people how we're doing that. Right? right. So that's what led me to start the What's the Secret podcast, which is uh, my my tagline there is what the gurus won't tell you about building a seven-figure online <laughs> business. And uh, again, it's that same idea of just being authentic and like, hey, I've done this thing. If you're interested in doing it, I can mm-hmm. share my experience and show you what has worked, what didn't work, all that kind of stuff. And so that's really what I um, focus on there. And yeah, that kind of brings us up to today, brings, right? Like, brings us to now. I mean, yeah, that's, a, that's a really cool story. I think one of the things that, uh, that kind of clicked with me as you were telling it through towards the end there was, uh, and you didn't state it specifically, but I heard it, that you began, you stopped focusing on dollars for hours, right? Which you were doing way back when, when you were doing a magician and even when you were working for the restaurant. And when you flipped over to the courses, now you're starting to, you, you're trading up to uh, value for money, right? Here, I'm going to give you this value. I'm going to charge you 12 bucks. Oh, by the way, I have this over here is another 27 bucks. And you, you're like, oh my gosh, that's, that's money. No pun intended, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I mean, and, and it's still like, I always like to stress to people that, I mean, the, the reality is that having an online business and doing courses isn't what you envision it. It's not sitting around in your underwear all the time doing no, it takes a lot of work. I would say as much work as having a brick and mortar business, but it's a different kind of work. Yeah. Like the agency and the clients were great. But again, I was really trading time for money because I would have to get a client and do the work and all those things. And of course I can, you know, I can outsource and build a team, but there was still a lot of things there. Whereas, and the big thing for me was I'm in a small market here in Maui. Like if one client left, Mm. Ooh, it could be, I mean, it could be a backbreaker, right? Because you may only have, you know, you have a small number of clients at any one time, sometimes more than others, and it kind of fluctuates. And whereas building the business online and having courses and trading that value, Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you sell 2000 of something, if 10 people ask for a refund, it's not a big deal. Yeah. Right. It's not that big of a deal because you just don't even notice it. Right. Right. Um, 
So yeah, so that was really kind of the culmination. And so when I look back over that whole time span, what I noticed was like, I really followed a, there was a a method to my madness. Like it wasn't totally random and crazy what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I started by getting some experience and having some success with a skill and then using that skill to, you know, teaching that skill to other people and building an online business. And so I have this little, um, the easy way I remember it is I call it the milk it method. Okay. And so milk, so milk stands for market idea, launch and ka-ching. To the dark horse entrepreneur podcast. So I love it. (laughs) Yeah. So when you think about it, like when you think about the postcard thing I did, right? Like, I started with a market, which was here on Maui, every other agency focused on tourist-based business. Mm -hmm. And I realized there was a group of businesses like pet shops and gyms and things that really- Tattoo parlors. (laughs) Yeah, that they really needed local business, but no Mm -hmm. one gave them an avenue to advertise to those local businesses. So there's this market of these people. So, okay, so I have a market. Then I thought, well, what can I do to help those people? Well, this postcard thing was perfect, right? Like I'm going to send it out. It's going to bring people into their business. That's what Mm -hmm. they're looking for. So now I had an idea. And then when it came to launching, one of the things I like to do is I don't want to spend a lot of time building a website, investing a bunch of money only to find out my idea sucks. Right. And nobody will buy it. Right. Yeah. So the postcard again allowed me to uh, launch the business really quickly. Like I didn't have to have a lot of funds. I didn't have to have a website. I didn't have to have anything. I just had to have some samples of what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. Start walking into businesses and getting sales. Right. So it really, you know, drove home for me the importance of focusing on sales in the beginning, mm-hmm. not all the other stuff that makes you look pretty. Right. 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 And then uh, the K, the ka-ching, like now that I had these people that had bought ad spaces, I was able to go to them about websites and search engine optimization and social media. And it was a whole different conversation because one, they knew me. Yeah. And they'd been on the card and most of them had gotten business because of the ads they ran on the card. And so I was no longer this crackpot that was telling them SEO was great. Right. I was coming to them with another idea that would work as well as the thing they were already doing. Yeah, you were more like a trusted business partner at this point. Yeah, exactly. Like a trusted advisor. And I used to tell all my clients that like, hey, look, anybody calls you about marketing and you don't know what they're talking about, call me and run it by me. I'll tell you like whether it's good, bad, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so that was how I applied that strategy to the postcard. And then when you look at offline sharks, it's the same thing because now we're in offline sharks like, okay, well, we want to do something online. We need to market. Well, we know there's a group of people, of freelancers that are looking for side hustles. They're looking for ways to make money and local businesses helping them as a way they can do that. Mm-hmm. So now we have a market of those people. So what could I do for them? What's the idea? Well, I could put a course together, show them how I'm getting clients. That's their, you know, when you're thinking of your an idea of what to put out there, the thing I always look for is what's the market's pain? Yeah. Like what are they, what's their biggest pain point, right? And that's usually what you want to build your idea around. So for freelancers and people trying to build agencies, it's getting clients. That's their pain, you yeah. know? And if you look at any of the courses or anything we put out in Offline Sharks, almost all all of them are around getting clients because that's the biggest pain they have, right? And we just show them a lot of different ways to do that. So now we have an idea. So then we go to launch. So it's like, okay, well, you know, I was able to put together one course, get it up, get it out there, see if anybody's going to buy it, right? Which they did. And then the ka-ching part was now I can look at that and say, okay, well, what else can we add to this? Well, we could start a monthly membership yeah. in our community. What's the next can, evolution? That's the next step. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We can yeah. do a monthly membership. We can offer private coaching. We can start putting out other products around different topics, other things we're doing. And so, you know, that's really what we did. So that milk um, strategy really applies to whatever kind of business you want to do, whether it's a service kind of business mm-hmm. or an online business. But what it really does is give you a blueprint because you you never have to wonder what to do next. Right. Right. You always know you need to start with the market. Yep. And then like, once you have the market, okay, well, what's my idea? Well, like, okay, well then how can I, what's the, what's the minimum, you know, in the software as a service business, we call it the minimum viable Viable product. product. Yeah. Right. So what's the minimal viable product I can do to see if this will work. And then the ka-ching just happens once you've kind of validated your idea. Right. I think one of the two two thoughts come, come into mind here on that is one, so many people, they go and they 
they lock themselves in a room saying, okay, I'm going to make this product, right? And I'm going to be a millionaire after I put it out there. But you're like, well, have you even talked to anybody about this, right? I mean, yeah, maybe I think it's a good idea, but what do I know, right? So, I mean, so getting the input, like you were saying, you going out there with just something minimum, like the uh, the laminated card, you can start talking to folks. They're like, oh yeah, sign me up. But uh, beyond that, I mean, once you start getting people in the door right, and engage them, a lot of times I find they start telling you even more, well, beyond that pain point that you're solving for me, I also have this one over here or that one over there. And you're going, ha, I know how to fix this, right? And you're already, I, I can see you nodding, right? You're thinking in your head, okay, that's going to be our next product. We're going to solve that pain next. Or, or maybe you're already working on it because you've heard it enough time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's the importance of, you know, in the beginning where I think people that are trying to do an online business um, kind of make a mistake is one, one is not building and recurring revenue from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Number two is not building a community. And the thing with building a community though is it's hard. Like you have to show up for that community every yeah. day. Like we started a Facebook group and now it has, I think over 9,000 people in it, mainly buyers, right? Mm-hmm. But like in the beginning, we were in that Facebook group every day posting content, you know, talking to people, responding, like we put a lot of work and effort into it in the beginning of it. I mean, now it kind of like runs itself because we have people that have been in there forever. They answer questions for other people, like it's super active, Mm -hmm. but it took a lot to get it to that point. And uh, most people just don't want to, again, I think they get into it for the same reasons I wanted to get into it, which was like easy money. Sure. Right. Sure. And uh, then you get into it, and you realize this isn't so. It, this isn't such easy money, <laughs> and you're like, I don't want to do that. Right. So well, e- I think easy is a four-letter word. You know, let's let's remember that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important to make that distinction between easy. You know, like because sometimes I think people get confused. Like, like let's just look at offline sharks as an example. You could say like I started an online business and we generated a lot a lot of revenue quick. Mm-hmm. So you can make money fast. But there was also a lot of work and effort in that, right? Sure. Like it wasn't it wasn't easy money. It, it was easy. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it is possible to make quick, you know, quick money. But even then I think people still think when they think quick money, they think not a lot of effort involved. Yeah. And I think that's that's not right. Like there's effort involved in any anything worthwhile is going to require a lot of effort. And uh, you just have to be prepared to do that. Now, when you start having success, it becomes a lot easier sure. to put in the effort. Right, yeah. Well, and then it's much harder start, in the beginning. Yeah, you, I, think, I think the big lesson there is, uh, you know, you're going to get out of it what you put into it right out yep. of the gate, right? So you're going you're gonna to be busting buns. Otherwise, you're not going to get anything back out of it. But maybe it's like pushing a car for anybody as old as I am. Right? Not a whole lot of car pushing going on these days. But, you know, once you, you're out there, you're pushing really hard. Once the car gets moving, it, you're still putting effort, but it's not quite as much effort. And don't stop pushing, by the way, right? Otherwise, you're going to have right. to go through that effort all over again. Um, here's, a, here's a side question that, that totally came to me while, while you were telling your story. Because as you were going through and saying, hey, I, I didn't think I was ever going to be an entrepreneur. As a kid, I wasn't doing all these things. And I was a little different as I was a kid. I mean, I was hustling. Uh, I can think all the way back to my preteens and selling things I could draw and then, you know, uh, selling uh, baseball cards. And I got into painting cars and installing. Anyway, so I was on the other side of the spectrum. Do you think, um, let's just say society as a whole, right? Do you think society is more geared towards creating employees? than it is entrepreneurs? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think when you're trying to be an entrepreneur, you're you're going against the current. I mean, I can I can just remember all the conversations I used to have with people, especially when I would express my ideas. And there's a difference. Like when you're like I still have the same ideas today mm-hmm. that I had then. But when I was talking to people about them then, I had nothing to show for them. So people took them even less seriously. Like when you try to tell somebody like, you shouldn't be trading time for money. They look at you and go, well, you have a job. Like, what are you talking about? That's insanity. (laughs) Like, or, oh, it sounds great, but if it's so great, why aren't you doing it? Like they just kind of discount your, so I think it takes an inner determination to just stick with what you believe is the way it can be because everyone else is going to tell you that's not realistic. You should just get a regular, I mean, there's, so many things that 
as an entrepreneur, you have to kind of think differently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's why I think for a lot of entrepreneurs, it's so important to find places where you can hang out with other like-minded people because, you know, I mean, my wife still doesn't understand what I do, right? <laughs> like I start talking to her about him and she's like, oh yeah, great. You know, like, <laughs> this is great, like whatever. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, so, um, you know, I think it's important that you find people, you know, whether that's groups that you can belong to or other people are trying to do the same things. And, you know, you hang out with those kinds of people so you don't feel so, I mean, that was why we started the Facebook group in the first place was because there was no place like that for yeah. us. And we were like, well, let's just start our own place like that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and it makes a big difference because it helps to hold you accountable. It also helps you to remember that you're not crazy. <laughs> You know, like, and even if you are, there's enough other crazy people out there that you feel normal. <laughs> yeah, that you feel normal, and it's like, well, if that crazy person can do it, then I can do it too and be crazy. Like, you know, right? you, you get that. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, so I want to give. I mean, you've been dropping some great information here. I've been gleaning a bunch of tips just out of what you've been sharing. But if we wanted to um, ask you for a top tip for someone that's trying to, you know, start, restart, or kickstart their business, what would you what would you tell them? Boy, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, there are a, a couple of things to that. One is, um, you know, for me, uh, again, I say entrepreneurship has been a, uh, a path of becoming, Sure. you know, and so I think the, the first thing to do is to not worry so much about your business, but mm-hmm. just make sure that you're a good person. Like, am I a good person? Like, am I really, you know, living my life in a good way where I really want to help people where I want to, you know, I'm a, I'm a person that keeps my word. I'm a person that shows up when I'm supposed to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not afraid to put in some effort, um, get those things right. And then I think the business stuff kind of falls into place. Right. Um, But if you're looking to just get something off the ground, I think the biggest thing is to never forget to start with the market. Yeah. Because it's really easy to not do that. Because you get an idea and you just think, oh, this is a winner. This is a winner. Yeah. But like, yeah, you you need to start with the market. And I guess another part of that too is realizing that not all markets are created equal. Mm, Right. And so it depends on what you're trying to do, right? Like if you want to, if you want to build a seven figure online business then you probably don't want to go after a market that only consists of 10 people, right? Right. I mean, unless those 10 people will pay you a lot of money, right? Then (laughs) you can do it. Right. But yeah, I'm going to market you Grant Cardone, Richard Branson, (laughs) right? (laughs) Yeah. Like, so, you know, it's, you know, you have to be, again, real, see things realistically, right? So, you know, if you, if you're looking to build an online business, that's going to generate a lot of income, like the market needs to be a market that A, is probably pretty good size. Mm -hmm. B, they need to buy a lot of stuff, right? And continue to buy things. And like, they're not just one-time buyers, continue to buy things. And uh, the thing with markets like that though, is they're, going to be crowded because they're what we'd call a hot market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so right. you just have to be prepared to, to uh, put in the effort to break into those kinds of markets. And, and I think, and I think that almost for me, that loops back to the be a good person part, right? Cause if you, if you know who you are and, and you fit all those parameters you were outlining, you're going to show up, you're going to put in the effort and you're being a good person, deliver the value. Um, you'll you'll find your unique voice inside that market right this is the whole red ocean blue ocean thing right i'm going to i'm going to go swim in the red ocean i better do something to stand out a little bit and i think a lot of people um don't think just being themselves or being authentic as you as you called out a couple of times uh, resonates enough and and i think it really does i think people like you said they'll click with your voice, and I'm, I'm doing air quotes with this, they'll click with your voice and who you are, right? Whether you're the, you know, you're the geek that's, you know, raw computer guy, or whether you're the, you know, the beard having, tattoo having, motorcycle type guy, whatever it is, you'll find that voice and it will resonate with uh, enough folks out there where you can start bringing in, start cashing the checks, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, when you think of it and, you know, there's, when you think of it even in terms of like somebody who's trying to start a digital agency, like I see this problem a lot with people is the first thing they want to do is portray themselves as this big mm. multi, like this huge agency that's out there helping people. And when they've never had a single client, 
Right. And, and that really is hard because you struggle inside with confidence and credibility because deep down, you know, well, I've never really helped anybody and you're trying to go out there and talk to them like you're this big agency. So a lot of times we tell people like in the beginning, stop all that. Yeah. Like just go to them and be honest. Like, hey, I'm starting this business and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of experience, but that's a bonus for you because you're going to get a service at a price that you're not going to get anywhere else. And I'm going to work my butt off because you're my first client. And then you actually have to do that. You actually have to work your butt off, Mm -hmm. give them good results. Right. But we found more success in that kind of approach than trying to be this big nameless, faceless agency that, you know, apparently has a lot of clients when you don't really have them. Don't really have them. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, and the same thing with the online business, like, you know, don't go out there and try to say that you have a seven figure online business. If you don't like just start by showing somebody how to make an extra 50 bucks, right? Like, look, I did this thing and I made an extra 50 bucks. If you do it, you can make an extra 50 bucks too. Yeah. Right. And And then, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's, that's so true. And you said it earlier, you, you don't have to find someone that's, you know, a seven figure earner, right? This I find someone that's one, two, three, four, eight steps ahead of you, learn from them and then find the next person and, and rinse and repeat or be that person for someone else. Hey, look what I was able to do. If you want to do the same thing too, here's the steps I go through to do it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And if you and if you take good care of your customers, if you're good on customer support and you answer them, like, you know, the big gurus that are out there, they don't answer customer support emails. Mm -mm. So there's actually value, even though you may not be the big guru in the fact that the person can actually get a hold of you. (laughs) Like they bought something from you and they're actually talking to you. Like they see a lot of value in that, you know, because there is value. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I think when we're talking about, you know, cracking into a market too, um, one of the things I often tell people is like, well, be a good customer first. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, so that product, that first product I put out, the reason I was able to sell so many copies was because the guy that I bought that product from, that I learned it from, mm-hmm. I had emailed him when I was taking action on it and mm-hmm. asked him questions. And I had talked to him on the phone and I had posted some things in his Facebook group about the success I was having. He actually had a podcast. He had me on his podcast because oh, nice. I was getting results with his thing. Right. Right. So I brought value to his community. So when I was, yeah putting that product together, I first reached out to him and was like, Hey, are you okay if I put out a product about this thing? Cause I, I learned it from you. I don't want to put out a product on it if you're not okay with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, no man. He's like, I'm totally fine with that. He's like, do it. And he's like, let me know when it's going to go live. Cause I'll promote it. And he became my number one affiliate. Nice. Right. And yeah. so, and because he got on it generated a lot of sales in the beginning and all these other people that I didn't know jumped in. And um, there was another guy that I had bought products from that I had communicated with. And he became my number two affiliate for that product launch. And I, I had no intention when I was building those relationships that they would ever be affiliates for me. Sure. But I was just doing what we talked about earlier. I was just being a good person yep. and I was contributing value to their groups. And then I was able to leverage those relationships down the road when I needed. Nice. And so if you're trying to break into a market, like how, how can you do that? Like how can you bring value to other people in the market? Maybe it's buying one of their courses, getting some results and then sharing your success mm-hmm. in their group. Not in a, not in a, um, not in a, uh, what's the word I want to use here? What can Not I get from this? Not in a jerky kind of way. <laughs> yes, like, there you go. <laughs> I see so many people that come into our Facebook group and try to make themselves up as the big expert or mm. fashion warrior. And like, we kick those people out. Like, right. But somebody comes in and they're like, man, I bought this thing from Tom and Nick and look at the success I had. And they, and they really bring value to our group. Sure. Like then if they ask us or something like, man, we're more than happy to help them out. Right. Absolutely. Right on. Yeah. No, that's awesome. All right, sir. I want to be mindful of your time and uh, and I appreciate you hanging out so and just, just dropping all this knowledge for us. But if anyone wants to learn more about Tom and all of his goodness, where can they reach out and find out more about you? Sure, yeah. If you head over to tomgaddis.com, that's my website. You'll see the What's the Secret podcast on there. I actually have a free e-guide on there too that goes into a little more detail on the Milk Up Method. Um, so you can download that. And uh, there's, yeah, there's, no, there's, I mean, there's nothing for sale over there. It's just, I got a lot of blog posts about what I'm doing and podcast episodes. So that'd be the best place. If you're a freelancer or a website designer or somebody like that, um, and you want to know more about that side of the business, mm-hmm. then you can go over to offlinesharks.com and uh, you'll see a lot of our stuff there. All right. And we'll be sure to get those, those links in the show notes so people can just 
thumb it up and click on over there. Tom, thanks so much for hanging out, man. I definitely appreciate your time. Yeah, Tracy, it's been, I had a lot of fun. So thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure. All right. All right. There you have it, my Dark Horse friends and family. Tom Gaddis coming in and dropping milk process bombs on us. Here's a few thoughts I walked away with. Thought number one. This was yet another back-against-the-wall story. We've heard a number of them from the folks we've been lucky enough to have on the show who've joined us here in the Dark Horse HQ. It was do or die. I jumped off the cliff and grew wings on the way down. My back was against the wall and this had to work. It was the same for Tom as his unemployment was running out and he invested that 50 bucks in that course that was going to teach him about those selling those ad spaces to local businesses. But you know, it really wasn't about the course, was it? It was about the action that he had to take because his backup was against the wall, right? He had just moved out to Maui, right? He had gotten released from his job. His, everything was against him. His unemployment was about to run out. He had to make this work. And he even mentioned it previously in some of the ventures he was trying. He was trying to convert customers without even talking to them. Right? Why are we afraid to talk to one another? Why are we afraid to talk to people whose life we can improve? Right? They're customers, right? They're not lions. They're not going to bite you for gosh sake. And especially if you have something that's going to make their their life, their relationship, their spirituality, or their business better, easier, more lucrative, you're going to have to get out there, ladies and gentlemen, and have a dialogue, right? And that dialogue can be getting on a Zoom call, getting on a phone call, having a webinar, right? Having a podcast, whatever it is, you're going to have to get out there in front of people and talk to them. If you don't want to talk to other people, I'm not sure that being an entrepreneur is completely the right path for you. There, I said it. Thought number two, you got to show up and do the work, all right? If you really want to make a living as an entrepreneur, it's going to be like a job, you could say, right? You're going to have to show up and do the work every day, especially in the beginning. You cannot, and I repeat, cannot ride a single wave of success to the bank and think, yeah, I did it. Now I can sit back and do nothing. Yeah, that is, my friends, the quickest way to failure. You need to have a mindset uh, of improvement, a mindset of leveling up. The thought could be, needs to be more like, okay, now I have a product or a service or a process that working. How do I improve it? How do I streamline it? How do I automate it? Then what's the next logical product or service that my now client is going to need? Do I already have it? If not, I need to get out there and create it. If you already have it, say like it's coaching, right? Then you just need to offer it, right? Offer it to them. Offer it to them to increase their lifetime value, to increase their uh, their life, their business, their spirituality, their relationships. Then here's the real magic. The next step yeah, is rinse and repeat. What's the next logical step? Do you got it or not? If you got it, then go sell it. If you don't got it, then go get it and sell it. Thought number three, minimum viable product. Look, you do not have to be the ultimate expert. Remember Tom, he was talking about after he saw the success he was seeing, he decided to create his own product. Now, did Tom go out and hire a a film crew, hire a copywriter, or any of those slick whirly gigs to create his product? Heck no. Tom walked across the street to the park, sat down with his phone in his hand, started recording videos. Little editing, put together contents, and bam, he was off to the races. 2,000 units sold later, he realized the lessons I've been trying to share with you since July 27th of 2020, that you do not have to be the greatest expert on your topic. You just need to be one, two, three, eight steps ahead of those that you're marketing to. Now, now as you're teaching those folks that you're marketing to how to get from where they are to where you are, then what you do is you keep leveling up your game and then you can keep teaching them how to get from where they are to where you are. You keep leveling up your journey to help them keep leveling up theirs. And that leads us right into thought number four. 
Now they know you. See, now that you have this core tribe of folks that have purchased your minimum viable product, it is going to be so much easier to get them to consider and ultimately purchase your next level product. Yeah, you're no longer a stranger on the internet trying to hawk your wares on them, right? You're now more of a, a trusted business partner, a colleague, uh, a mentor, or an advisor. You've already given them something of value. You've delivered, right? And if you're like me, and I know you are because you're still listening to this podcast, you have over-delivered on your promises. So now when you come back to them with that next logical step in your business and in their journey, right, they will seriously consider taking you up on your offer as a result. Sometimes, here's the real magic, sometimes they'll even come to you and ask for that before you even try to upsell it. Now, what an amazing position that would be in to have a customer come to you and say, would you take my money, please? <laughs> right? All right. And then thought number five, are you a good person? Yeah, that one kind of explains itself and, uh, well, can only be answered by you. So I'm just going to leave that one here, right here for you to uh, self-reflect upon. Okay? All right. So tell me what inspiring tips or thoughts resonated with you today, right? Whatever they were, take some time today and put them into action. Get out there, run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them. Seriously, email me at tracy at darkhorseschooling.com and share the tips and ideas that you came in with, how you put them into action, and what results you gained from them. Heck, i probably even bring you on this show so you can share your story too. Speaking of next stories, now... Our next interview episode guest is Jess Jacobson. Now, Jess believes, like I mentioned earlier, that every entrepreneur has a message that can change lives. She believes that people are out there, sitting there, waiting for you to get your business out there in a much bigger way to help them. You're not going to want to miss this episode. She dropped some great social media bombs. Now, I want you to keep getting these valuable tips and inspirational stories from all the, from this podcast and all the wonderful guests I'm lucky enough to bring on. So please go on down there. Make sure you hit that subscribe button while you're there. Drop us a five star rating. Write us some kind words in the review. Heck, write us some words of constructive criticism. What do you like hearing? What would you like to hear? Um, trust me, I will be reading those. And don't keep all this this entrepreneurial G O L D all to yourself. Share the podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.